Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Brutally Honest Podcast. If you guys have not already, please smash that subscribe button. And if you'd like to support the podcast, I would really appreciate that. You can go to patreon.com forward slash Brutally Honest Podcast. Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com forward slash Brutally Honest Podcast. That's my shameless plug. I do it because I love doing this. And if I can make it easier for myself to do it and less of a financial burden, I will. Uh, my goal is to keep the intros to less than five minutes, or five minutes, I should say. Uh, so all the intros in the next uh, several dozen shows you will hear are going to be less than five minutes long. Totally new for me. Um, I would normally take as much time as I would like. However, uh, things are changing and things of that nature, and I'm really trying to clean up the podcast to make it as viewer and listener friendly as possible. So with that all being said... I have some show sponsors. I don't really have anything to tell you guys about what's going on, although we did just pass, and I don't even know if I mentioned it, but we passed two years of podcasting last month, and not going to lie, anybody, everybody that's been supporting me since day one, you guys are tremendously awesome. I really, really do appreciate it. My show sponsors today are Terra Nut. If you're looking for a little snack, a little treat, something to... Um, eat while you are looking for a quick little burst of energy. I highly, highly recommend it. Um, they're just a cool little snack um, for you to consume. They're these tiny little pressed nuts. Uh, they have everything from paleo mix to nut mix, uh, cocoa banana mix. Uh, they're super tasty. If you want to go check them out, Terra Nut, T-E-R-R-A-N-U-T dot, 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 dot com forward slash BHP, Brutally Honest Podcast. Um, they are an affiliate of mine. Next, uh, I'd like to uh, mention Elise Margolin from Elise Margolin uh, Photography. Uh, if you want to go check her out, elisemargolin.zenfolio.com. She is a total rock star when it comes to photography and headshots and all that kind of stuff. Definitely, definitely go check her out. Uh, if you're a local business on the lounge, or even if you're a major company listening to this and you're looking for some incredible f- photographs, she is an award-winning photographer, um, and she's absolutely crushing it. She is back from her trip when this podcast released, so you can book her immediately. Uh, and last but not least, last, not but not last, last but not least, our friends over at Agile Dragon Consulting. AgileDragonConsulting.com. If you're looking to make or you own a business and you're looking to make better business decisions, this is your one-stop shop. Uh, They uh, will take all the data that your company already has. It's not like they're creating anything new, but they're going to help educate you on making better business decisions. It's that simple, ladies and gentlemen. They're going to give you all the data that you need to make better business decisions for your actual data so it's not like they're you know oh this statistic this statistic it's statistics and things of that nature that come directly from your company so go check them out agiledragonconsulting.com like i said if you want to support the show patreon.com forward slash brutally honest podcast my guest today is my friend jolie leadner and she owns a company called VL Plus. They're located over in Melville, but it's a staffing company. If you don't know anything about staffing or you're interested in hearing more about staffing, she has quite an interesting life story. Uh, one of my main focuses on the show. So definitely go check uh, go check out. You're already on it. What am I saying? I'm reading my website too, barrenmediagroup.com and things of that nature. I'm, I'm just reading. I shouldn't say I'm reading it off a of script. It's not a script. But try to keep it under five minutes. 
So, without any further ado, please welcome my guest, Jolie Leadner. You don't like the sound of your own voice. Do you like the sound of your own voice when you speak no. or just when you're recorded? I feel like I have the ultimate New Yorker accent. So what's so bad about that? Because it's just bad when you speak. It's comes out sounding terrible, at least to me. It could go... I'm trying to think here. It could go two ways. If people aren't from New York, then they think that you sound like an ass. Like, they just think that you're, like, a crude human. But when you're from New York and you sound like you're from New York, it's, like, almost welcomed. Does that make sense? But there's, like, degrees of New York accents. Why do you have such a thick accent, do I you think, think I do. No, but why? Um, I don't know. I just think that's maybe from my Brooklyn parents or something. I was going to say, did you grow up in the city or something like something, that? Something, you know. But I don't think you have that much of an accent. But maybe if you listen back on the air, you'll be like, oh, wow, she does. Maybe. Maybe. I've had I've only had a couple people on here that I'm like, they don't sound like they're from around here. And usually they're not from around here and they've come in. Like, does that make sense? Yes. Um, but that's pretty much it. But I've definitely realized the general rule of thumb, as far as I know, and I haven't had any professional singers on here or like professional like radio host talkers on right. here. But nobody has ever liked the sound of their own voice. Even I listen to it and I'm like, oh, I sound like that? I'm too nasally. I don't do this. I breathe too much. Like, whatever, I breathe too much. Whatever it is, I listen to myself sometimes. I'm like, why would I do that? I sound horrible. But people seem to like the show, so I'm not going to complain about it. But I don't think you sound so New York like me. Maybe it's you don't articulate as much some words, and that's the whole New York thing. You you articulate very well. Like when when you speak, I never have to say what did she say. Like every word is very clear and concise with you. Where sometimes when I talk, even I go, "What did I just say?" <laughs> like I know the I know the message I was trying to convey, but I don't think that the brain got to the mouth and it came out correctly. I think you're making that up. Like you just mumble and you just keep going on and on and then you keep talking to people and you because you're in New York you try to try to speak as fast as you possibly can because you gotta get it in every But word. I don't mumble, that's the thing. I'm very loud. Oh, I mumble. Right. So I'm like very loud, so you have no problem hearing yeah. me ever and then I'm very loud, but I've like if I speak fast, I don't pause in between words. And my mouth can't keep up with my brain. So then I'm, words will just go into other words. And there's no there's well, no space. Like we said, that means you're a genius because your brain just goes too fast. Oh God, I hope I'm a genius. I look, <laughs> I got the good gene, I got the the brain gene in my family, but I don't think I'm a genius. I'd like to be a genius, but you know when you're around, you know when you're around like really smart people and you like ask something and they just know the answer right away and you're like, how did you figure that out? Right. When all the obvious signs and clues were there, but you never like did it. That in my mind, those people are geniuses. When you could just. But some of them are just just good bullshitters. Yes. Are we allowed to like curse? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. you can curse. You yeah. can curse. Okay. Um, like some of them just can bullshit really quick, and then you think they know 
they know what they're saying, but they're just bullshitting. And that you know, when you come across confident, sure, you believe them. That is true. Most of it is in the delivery. I would say. Right. I I've I've more recently I've tried to. I'm constantly striving to be a better version of myself. The typical, you know, phrase that everybody says. But some people just say, "Hey, this is me," and other people, you know, I I definitely try to consistently make myself like my buddy Jeff, who's been on the podcast before. He's like, you know, you shouldn't curse. Cursing in the eyes of like the older generation looks poorly and stuff like that. And he goes, wait, "You wait, just sound." I'm an older generation, and my friends are. No, all we o- do is o- curse. Older than you, like you're talking like 60s to like 80s. Like the other day, I was in Blackstone, and I go, I'm going to go hit the head. And the guy I was with goes, what did you say? And I was like, oh, I'm going to go use the restroom. And he goes, that's better. And he was an old guy? Yeah. There's nothing wrong with what you said. That's what I said. And then I'm like, maybe it's just uh, it's the generational difference. No. I didn't think there's anything wrong with what I said. but That's like a common term. It's not even bad. That's what I thought. And I actually no, told him. He's weird. I, he might listen to this, so I can't say anything. But I didn't think I'll I was. I'll tell him to his face. Oh goodness! <laughs> I'm trying to keep. You're trying to get clients here, not get not, not set them away. But I, I, I see the divide as far as like what's appropriate and what's not appropriate. And somebody told me this a while back: is always know your audience of right. who you're speaking to, because I agree. I'm not the best at that. I've definitely mm-hmm. seen like my buddy Jeff, who's been on. He's perfect at fitting in no matter what group of people he is. He's he's a he's a wealth right. advisor. He's he was on a couple episodes ago. But if he's dealing with a with a older person, he uses a totally different set of like I don't want to say vibe, but right. language and mannerisms that he has where when we're hanging out, he'll curse and hang back and like be like with the boys. And it's just it he's a he's definitely a master at I've seen him a master at like that's because molding he's a salesman. Through his environment. I know, but I'm a salesman too and I just I can't do that. Well, like I like when I interview people. Sure. I have different questions for different people. Like I wouldn't yeah. ask the same question to everyone and so it's the same thing. Sure. And people tell you different things and people open up. Sure. That you wouldn't think open up or then some people won't that you think would open up. So Yeah. No, I I agree. I just think I haven't mastered the ability to ch- change my language. I think everything else is pretty good. I try to be the same person all the time, but the language part of it is like, right? you know, oh, I'm going to use the restroom. I just say I'm going to hit the head. You know where they cursed a lot? When I first graduated college in my jobs way back when, uh-huh. all the senior management, all they did was curse. They made it okay. Yeah, I know. So it wasn't bad to curse at work because everyone did it. I know. Some people just aren't accustomed to cursing. Like, I have guys at the firehouse that are like, uh, we, we'll curse. They have sailor's mouths. But when there's a woman present, there's not a curse that comes out. I do not know how they censor themselves like that. <laughs> because me, I'm just like, ah, fuck this, fuck this. You know, whatever it is, you know, if, if stuff is going great, it's going great. But if stuff is going shit, it goes to shit. You know, and... Right. I have I I do my absolute best to just be the I don't want anyone to ever say, oh, Harrison's two faced. I that weirdly enough is one of my biggest fears. I don't want somebody to say, oh, Harrison was on this day and not on this day. I want people to know 
Harrison is the same dude right. 24 hours a day, seven days a week, right. no matter what. Unless you catch me hungover, that's it. You know, you'll get the same guy all the time, no matter what, and setting that expectation of, you know, this is who he is and this, you know, th- this can of seltzer is going to be the exact same can of seltzer no matter how many times I go get right. it. I don't have to worry about it changing. That's the same thing where I don't want people to say, oh, this this wine is different, you know, year to year. That's not my, that's not me. I try to just be consistently. Right. I'm the same way. Yeah. I what, think it's very important. What you see is what you get. I don't change for anyone. I don't yeah. make apologies for who I am. Sure. You either love me or hate me, which I find. Uh, me too. Right. Me too. So. And in the wise words of Jonathan Cow. Eh. <laughs> <laughs> I was out with exactly. A, I was out with a couple people. Josh Kreitzman being one of them, and I say him because he was he was on the show before, and a couple other people were out on Friday going shoe shopping at Cole Hahn, and somebody said something. I'm like, eh. And they're like, <laughs> Jonathan Carroll. I go, yep. It's just it's rubbed off on me. Eh. <laughs> and for anyone that can't see what I'm doing, you just shrug your shoulders, you throw your hands up like whatever, and then you eh, and you just go on with your day. It is what it is. Yeah, you can't, you know, you can't change it. Right. It, it is what it is. Right. So I have some questions for you. Okay. Did you write them down? And no, I didn't write off them. The top no. of your head. No, they're just all all off the top of my head. Okay. Sometimes people send me questions, but um, send you questions to ask them. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm usually pretty good at doing a deep dive, but there's always things in everybody's field that I would never guess. Right. Like I had a uh, orthodontist on here the other day, and I didn't really have too many. Qu- I didn't. There's only so much knowledge I can have in somebody's industry, or like just knowing about it, and right. then it runs out. Those questions that they send me help me dive a little deeper. Sometimes I don't need them, and sometimes I definitely need them because I'll just. Could not even figure out, you know, what they're thinking or what their really expertise is. Right. But so I guess we'll start with the beginning. How did you get into staffing? Because I barely know what staffing is other than the infection that you can get. <laughs> That's staff. Uh, staff. P with a PH. Is it PH? Not staff. Yeah. S-T-A-F-F. Um, oh, my whole history. I guess we have time. You want to know we got it how, all. I, yeah. how I came to where I am? Sure. Oh, let's see. I started out, um, one of my first jobs was doing back office for an insurance company. Okay. Back office? Everything like non-underwriting for an insurance company. Sure. So they needed to move offices. They needed, and I ended up doing HR. And because they were a big company, they sent me to HR training. Sure. And you know, learn to hire and fire, but that I wasn't an HR person at the time, but if we needed temporary staff, I was the one who called the temporary staff. So I was involved way back early on in the early Mm nineties doing all this, but that wasn't, I really wasn't HR or staffing. Um, But like things like the mailroom people fell under me. Mm-hmm. The receptionist people reported to me, and I always used temps. So I was very involved. Just to fill the position? Just, or? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, like the mailroom was always a rotating temp. Oh, wow. Okay. At the, you know, yeah, back yeah. then. And then I moved on to some other companies in facilities, admin, back office, sure. financial firms. I was on Wall Street. Uh, I would say I worked for Jim Cramer. Oh, wow. At thestreet.com. Sure. That's right? pretty cool. Yeah. I worked there for a while. 
And then the the tech boom, I got laid off. Okay. So this was in late 90s. Mm-hmm. No, this was... What was the tech boom? I don't remember. Early 2000s? I want to say it was like 2001, 2002. Well, you know what? I got laid off and I was pregnant and I couldn't get a job. Mm. And one of my staffing companies came to me and said, I want you to run my staffing company. You be great. This is, you were made to do this. And I said. 95 to 2000 was the tech boom. Right. So, right. Somewhere in there. Right when I got pregnant. Sure. And had no job and I have to work I'm so type A I couldn't stay home I have to have a job I never ever thought about staying home so I mean I was literally like eight months pregnant going on interviews and they would laugh at me oh yeah because they yeah because we're gonna hire you and you're about to be on maternity leave for two three months well I was like no 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 I'll just have them and come right back the next day like (laughs) look at me (laughs) no that's not how it works (laughs) but so the staffing company came to me and said you're great. You can do this. Come work for me. My long I have a Long Island office. You're having a baby. Sure. So I was like, fine. So I started in staffing just that way. Mm-hmm. And because I love to work and I love what I do, like sure. I just dive into everything that I was good at it. Sure. And I started, you know, getting clients. I literally started cold calling with nothing mm-hmm. and just calling clients and... Um, got into the staffing that way. Really? And I was there for almost that one company for almost 10 years. Oh, wow. And what, what, what they focused on was healthcare staffing. Sure. But within healthcare staffing, you do everything. Sure. So you have a large medical office. Mm-hmm. They have an accounting department. They have clinical staff. They have administrative staff. They sure. have, you name it, they have it. So... It gave plus my corporate background gave me the real knowledge that I'm not pigeonholed into one industry. Sure. So I was able to staff everything, mm-hmm. and from there I moved on to a couple other companies. Sure. Until by a whole chain of events, I was able to start my own, which oh, wow. was only like three four years ago. Sure. I started VL Plus. Um, I have a partner. Sure. And. You know, everyone, the biggest question people say to me is, how do you, how are you able to staff everything? Sure. And like I said, I explained just what I did right now. And they're like, oh, so I'm very, very good at being a fit. It's not just the skills. Sure. You could say you have A, B, C, D, and they need A, B, C, D. Sure. Which never happens, by the way. Yeah. No one has A, B, C, D and needs A, B, C, D. It's like. I ha- I need A B C D and I only have A B. Sure. That's usually more the norm. But would they be a good fit? Are they good for the company? Are they a good yeah. corporate they- fit? There's Absolutely. so much more to staffing than just because you can always teach people. Right, but it's a question of does the client want to teach? What are they willing to want to teach? If if this person has A B, but C D is more important that they won't train, they're mm. no good. Yeah. If they only have CD and CD is more important than AB, mm-hmm. then maybe they'll work. Yeah. And it's a matter of knowing that mm-hmm. and knowing the client. So, like, if I staff a manufacturing company, mm-hmm. I could staff warehouse people. I sure. could staff customer service. Mm-hmm. I could staff their accounting department. I could staff their production people. Like, you know, 
I could do everything and making sure they're all a fit. Sure. So yeah, you're dealing with a lot of people. Yeah. A lot of people and a lot of different personalities and a lot of right. you know, so skills. Right, so it's in and- someone's, like, I feel like it's a benefit to a company to use one staffing company for every position as opposed to, oh, well, I only use an accounting person to do my accounting people. Mm-hmm. But they don't, they still interact with all areas and all, the whole company. Sure. So that's why I think I'm better than everyone else because I get it as a whole, sure. especially from me coming and running. You know, I built up an insurance company when I started from 30 people to over 1,000. Oh, wow. So I really have grown companies. Sure. And understand all the different, you know, departments and what is needed. Absolutely. Yeah, no, I, I couldn't agree more. There's... You know, for people that don't own their own businesses that are listening, there's so many different aspects to a business as, you know, I know you that you know, but when you find, we'll call it talent being people, even if somebody might have qualities that A, B, C, D are needed by the company, if that person does not work well right. in a team environment and that company is looking for A, B, C, D with a team environment, it's not Skill, gonna work. It's not gonna it'll never work. You know, it's it's the great example of you know, that little kid's toy of the shapes that the kids trying to put it in. Right. Only certain shapes, you know, a circle will only go in a circle. No, I say all the time, that's my example. I say I fit square pegs and round holes. Sure. That's what I do. Yeah. Because no one is gonna be an exact fit moving to another job, another company. Almost never. Almost never. It's so rare. And right. even if even if that is the case and that person can fit in, they still have to learn the right. new company culture. Right. They still have to there's so much that goes into, you know, the onboarding of a new of a new employee, a new anybody. Even if they use the same computer programs, yep. they may use it in a different way. Yep. So right. I know. It, it's it there's so much that goes with it that people don't necessarily understand. You know, oh well just you know, hire you know, hire better people. Well, hiring better people is like finding diamonds in the rough. Right. You know, it's so hard to find good people that do exactly what you want. And then, like you said, how much are you willing to train versus how much do you expect them to know? And if you expect them to know a lot, more than, you know, more often than not, those people come with a higher price tag. Correct. Because the more you know, the more you're worth. And And they have experience behind them, so they're not entry level. You don't have to train them as much. I always say like something like you would think a medical receptionist. Some people would say, I could work as a medical receptionist. And it's like me, even knowing what I know about medical, I don't think I could sit at in the reception desk, in a medical office, answer the phone, schedule an appointment in their EMR system, mm-hmm. being able to get their insurance information. Like, you would not know that. You can't just come in and do something that you would think is simple as sure. a medical receptionist, and it's really not. Yeah. It's, there's so many, you know, great examples. So my mom's a nurse at a doctor's office, and there's a girl that, um, she was working at like an adult home facility and she was a nurse there and she was looking to move jobs. And I can't say really much more information for privacy, but so she goes and works at the doctor's office that my mom works at. And the, she's like, Oh, this is cake. You know, this is, you know, super easy job, whatever it is. 
So finally she goes to work. You know, she's like, all right, I think I'm ready to go on my own, you know, after a couple of days of training. And the doctor's like, look, if you think you can go on your own, you know, great. You know, we'll have you on your own. Less training, you know, more money that we get to save. And, you know, you get to start working right away. And after that one day, she's like, I didn't realize the extent of what you guys do. This job looked easy, but it's way harder. Coming from a very experienced person who was probably very well qualified for the job. Right. Is now running around like a chicken without a head to this chaos that this has got to get done. This has got to get done. This right. has got to, you know, all these different things that come together that, right. you know, even a, even a job on the outside that might look easy, air quotes, might not be. There's so much more to like people's jobs. You know, hey, if you're a receptionist, you know, oh, I can answer a phone all day. Answering a phone, dealing with walk-ins, scheduling appointments, making sure that people are showing up on time, making sure that bills are going out. Because a lot of times, if somebody misses an appointment, that bill's got to be set that, and it's not going to go to, you know, receipt. I mean, uh, you know, your accounting department. That bill's going to be sent out by a secretary because they're the ones there in the moment, right? Seeing, hey, Johnny didn't show up at one o'clock. They showed up at four o'clock without a call and a no-show. Great, you're going to get billed for the time that we could have had another patient in there, whatever it is. There's so much that goes on, and and people just don't understand it. And right. being that you come from the staffing world, it makes you know you kind of see the big picture of it. Right, I do. It's very uncommon, we'll say, that people really, you know, unless you're going from a lateral move from one company to the next, and you already have a very a good a very good idea of like company culture and things like that i think is the only time that it's just it's easy we'll say right. to move and even then i hear of a lot of stories where the person didn't succeed in the job in the same company sure. that they moved to and then they come to me looking for a new job and i'm like why you know yeah. they're like this is not a fit for me i don't like the role i'm in and there's no other role for me so i need to start looking sure now do you help people get jobs too or just staffing well it's the same thing Everybody How does it asks work? Questions like that. So to me, like being a headhunter, being a recruiter, being in staffing, it's all the same. Oh, really? It's all the same. Oh, I had no idea. I thought staff. Well, I thought staffing was like they work technically under you, and then you bill the. That's te- that's temping or being a consultant, you could say. Oh, where, okay. Where I pay them, mm-hmm. they're on my payroll. Sure. And working at a company. Gotcha. Okay, which a lot of people call say to me, well, do you only do temp? I don't want a temp. I only want a perm job. It's like, well, come in and talk to me, and yeah. we'll, you'll tell me that, and I know that you don't want that or this. But sometimes the best way to get into a great company that you may want that job is to temp. Oh, yeah. I couldn't agree more. I couldn't agree more. The, 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 I think the hardest thing is finding a company that's willing to take temps. Because not they might not even realize the benefit of having somebody there for a short period of time. Right. Do you know how many companies I've had over the years that said I need a temp for a day and the person went perm? Oh, I can only imagine. Because it's your opportunity. Right. If you don't – if you're not willing to go in there to meet – you know, you never know who you're going to bump into. I'm a firm believer. I'm another firm believer in the three foot rule. So you might say, what is the three foot rule? It's it's literally just the radius around you of people that you could talk to. 
if your job is to work at XYZ company and you don't take the opportunity to work there even for a day, one, how do you know that if you're going to like working there? Right. That's to start off with. Right. And two, you never know who you're going to meet as far as the person that might say, hey, you're, you know, people don't understand that companies usually have a budget that they can spend throughout the year. Right. And even if they don't necessarily have a full-time job available at that moment, it might put might put you in the back of their mind. Hey, we had XYZ person in there that worked there for a day and they knocked it out of the park. Maybe right. we should bring them back for another day. Right. And see what happens. Or a position opens up and they call the agency. We like that temp. Send them back. What yes. are they doing? Uh-huh. We want to interview them for this perm job. Mm-hmm. I, I see it. But people, this is my biggest challenge with people. Mm-hmm. They don't agree. On they don't what? see it that way. People, yeah, but people. I, I, I have to sometimes, like, I have great jobs for you. Come talk to me. I help you for free. Mm-hmm. And they're like, no, I don't want to go to an agency. It's sad. I don't get it. I'll never understand it. I sit there. Then it's like a challenge to me. I love that because I'm genuinely a salesperson. It's sure. how I started. I didn't do recruiting. I did mostly sales in the beginning, getting the clients, and then the recruiters take it over. And, you know, But I was always involved. I, I would never send a candidate to a client without knowing about that candidate, which mm-hmm. is why now I, when I own my own business, nothing goes out to a client without me reviewing it with and my recruiters may recruit but we go over and we talk about it sure because i i just i'm just i feel like i just need to do that mm. um but i i don't get it all the time this challenge of trying to get people in to talk to me sure and they won't well i think that this will help you know at least you can you can say hey you know i know you're probably not interested in you know you might not be interested right now listen to this podcast and see what happens. You know, I've had I've had so many success stories, we'll say, from this podcast. You know, I don't really make any money at it other than my sponsors, whoever sponsors, and whoever wants to sign up for the Patreon, great. It's the only money that it generates. You're not paying to be here. This is nope. not there's no financial gain for me other than I get another show to, to have. But there may not be financial gain for me either. Yeah. But it's us. it's spreading knowledge. Yeah, it's spreading knowledge and showing people, you know, the most amazing thing is I've had people reach out to me that I haven't talked to in years. And they're like, hey, by the way, love that show. Reach out to XYZ person or, you know, reach out to, by the way, just want to let you know, reach out to, you know, Ron Reed. He's been a, he's been a guest of mine a, a couple of times. Reach out to Ron Reed um, to have my resume written, landed a job the next day. Thanks so much. And I'm like. I haven't spoken to you in forever. Right. And this whole series of events just happened because you listened to a podcast with somebody I know. You got a great job out of it. Ron is loving it. And I just came here for fun anyway. Right. You know. You just like to talk. Me? Or you? Or both of us? <laughs> or both of us. Yeah. It, it's it's just, it's incredible. You know, another great story is my buddy um, Eric, who, who was recently on the show, and he's serving. Uh, he was in... Japan and he was listening to the podcast and I didn't even know we like recon- reconnected over the podcast and he's like oh by the way people in Japan have heard your podcast he's like I've, I've listened to it and other people have heard it and you know I've shared it and I'm like I do this out of a warehouse 
not that you would know this is a warehouse, but like I, it's literally <laughs> it started in a closet and now it's worked its way to a warehouse. You it's say just, warehouse, this doesn't look like a warehouse. This it doesn't. Is, this looks like a home. But if anybody that runs the proper property agency uh, is listening to this, it's run out of a warehouse. Yes. Um, but yeah, it's you know it, it's it's just incredible having these conversations and teaching people what not even like what they're missing almost. You know, because I'm a firm believer in it that being in front of somebody, but when they hear it from you, now they say, hey, oh, right. maybe being a temp for a day is not the worst thing in the world. Right. You know, worst comes to worse, you figure out you don't want to go work for that company. Right. Even down the road, hey, I applied to this company and I was a temp there for a day. I would never want to work there. It's a disaster. Right. Whatever I hear it is. that a lot. You know, great. Now you just crossed off the list and right. so many people are so focused on. I need to go work there. And, you know, not. I am always honest. I know a lot of people think people are not honest, but I will be honest and tell you, listen, this place is a little more difficult to work at, and this is why. Sure. And let you know up front. And, you know, what good does it get me? Sure. Not telling you something like that. Like, like say, I'm just making this up. Like, say there's a difficult doctor. Mm-hmm. And I'm sending someone into that office. And I'll say, listen, the doctor's been known to be difficult. He can yell at people. Like, I just want you to know that going in, are you able to handle that? Mm-hmm. What, what, you know, I'm honest, right, right there. Yeah, because you don't want to send somebody in. Some people may say, well, I may not be able to be, take that. I'm not that kind of person. I'll be like, all right, I'm not sending you. Yeah. Let's look for something else. Or someone may say, I have no problem with that. I've worked with that situation before. I'm fine. I can go there. Great. But I'm going to tell you that. Sure. So I'm not going to... What's the craziest story you ever heard from somebody? Temps? I guess both. Because you hear... I don't know. I hear hear more crazy stuff that the temps did. Oh. From the client. Do tell. Well, and you know what? The funny thing is, if a temp doesn't work out, the temp and the client have completely different stories oh yeah completely sure so i mean you know what to be honest the past few years since i've opened my own company Mm -hmm. i don't have such crazy such crazy stories because i really screen everyone really well Mm -hmm. so i know like people get mad at me and be like well i i i i want that job i you know, saw an ad. I came in because you put an ad in that job for that job, and I'll say that job's not for you. Mm-hmm. And that they'll make it mad at me. Like, well, why not? I want that job. You know, I want to talk. Just because you want it job. doesn't mean you, I want and a Ferrari. Like, doesn't mean I can get one. You're not the right fit for that. You're not the right fit for that job. They're not the right fit for you. I'm not sending you. Sure. I get paid by the client to fill the job and you're not the right fit for that job. You're not going to be happy. Why, you know, I'm yeah. not doing it. So Yeah, why even try if it's not going to work? Right. Right, because that's when you have stories. Mm-hmm. That's when you have things happen. Sure. That you know, they did this, they did that. I mean, how many times have I had a temp go in? This was in the past. Sure. Um go be there 9 o'clock, 12 o'clock. All right, you could take lunch and they go to lunch and never come back. Ooh, I've heard, I've worked with people like that, and you it have? blows my mind. So I've I've had a lot of jobs in my short time on this <laughs> earth. We'll call it. That's not good. What? 
that I've had, had a lot so of jobs. Many jobs. Oh, I'm so happy I did. I've learned so much about people. I've learned so much about people. I've learned so much about management. I've learned so much about business. Hmm. Businesses. Well, that's how you open your own. So yes. that's how you could be on your um, own. I've I mean between restaurants, retail, commercial co- I mean uh corporate companies like all that kind of stuff and I've and that's usually the reaction I get. Is that's not good. Well, what's not good? The fact that I've bounced around a lot? Well, it depends. You have longevity anywhere? Yeah, I've had long I mean, what define longevity? Over 2 years. Yeah. I have. Over 3 years? Yeah. Okay. I've worked at a restaurant for 7 years now. Okay. That's longevity. So, you know, I've only been, you know, But that's not what you want to do. No. But it I I'm a firm believer in what did you learn from this experience, too? Because it's like going to the ice cream parlor, we'll call it, if anyone calls them parlors now. You never know what you're really going to like if you don't taste every flavor. Right. You know, and if you're going to spend two years tasting one flavor, how are you going to know if there's 24 flavors, which one you're really going to like? No, that's why they give you that little spoon so you could keep tasting. But not so everybody you- knows about being a temp. Right. You know, roll right. me back four years ago. Well, they don't ago. want to do it. Well, that's the other thing. They just people, don't want people are to willing. do it. Right. You know, so how many things do you have to go? You know, for me, I've definitely, I found something that I love and something that I know that I'm going to do for a long period of time. Right. A lot of times I'll go into a job and be like, oh, this could be my home for forever. But then things happen, mainly corporate. They they implement the new policy. They implement the new system. There's a new manager that doesn't that butts heads with everybody, or things aren't going right. And you know, great example: a restaurant that opened up. I can't say which restaurant, but near Island 16, within the last couple of years, work there, opened the place. Everything was great, and as time went on, things progressively declined. It was a new company. I'd never worked there before, so I couldn't tell you. Right. And things progressively declined, declined, and got worse and worse and worse. And and when I say worse and worse and worse, it was management not caring. It was the the kitchen not caring. Food was taking too long. Customers were continuously screaming at me like I was the problem. You know, there's only so you know, people don't realize in, in a in a restaurant there is you have bartenders, you have wait staff, then you have kitchen, then you have an expediter who puts everything together, and then you have a food runner who brings it out. If the kitchen's running slow. Unfortunately, there's not much I can do. Right. Yes, I know how to cook and as go back server, there. Right. Yeah, as the server, but there's only so much you can do. So right. I started with that company and 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 helped grow it. But you know, when corporate stops caring about you because your numbers aren't up there, then what are you supposed to do? You're left at a dead end. So then you leave to go find a better opportunity. That opportunity seems to be worse, and then you go back to the less right. shitty so, opportunity. So with what you're saying, that example, like your resume. Sure. So when you look at a resume. I always look at dates right away sure. to see, are they jumpy? Do they have longevity? So now something like you, you have longevity in a restaurant, which is not necessarily the job you'd be applying for. So typically you'd say, well, you don't need, you know, depends on how your resume looks and how many years, you know, experience you have. Do you put that on, keep that on? And in, and say in your case, seven years is a, a lot of longevity. You'd want to keep a restaurant on there for that amount of time sure. as opposed to your other co- jobs that are more relevant to what you're looking to do, but it's more jumpy. But at least someone could see, hey, you you have the ability to stick around at one sure. place. But otherwise, if you have jumpy, 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 
you know, if you have some sort of longevity, maybe you have a company for five years and then jump, 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 maybe, then you wouldn't necessarily have to put the restaurant on your resume because mm-hmm. it really doesn't, it's not what you're looking for. Does that make sense? Oh, absolutely. Um, I'm also a firm believer, and I'd, actually, I'd be curious to know what your opinion is, is f- coming from me, I've probably gone through like 25 to 30 interviews, and I've gotten every single one but one of them. I've never, I've, I've gotten, you know, however many jobs I've had, I've interviewed for, and I've gotten every single job with the exception of one job. And I don't, at this point, I don't even remember what it was. And unfortunately, I didn't know what I know now because I would have asked them why I didn't get the job because I'm very, I'm more curious to know why I didn't get it than anything. And in my eyes, being in the interview is more important than your resume for this reason. There's a story that goes with everything. Right. And I can only imagine what your process is like, but everything, why'd you leave here? Why'd but you do that's this? that's why you go to a recruiter. Yes. Because we can explain that to the client. Yes. Whereas you may not get an opportunity to get an interview even. Yeah, you're just a sheet of paper. Right. Which right. is terrible. I'll, a lot of times, I mean, I'll talk someone into an interview with my client mm-hmm. and they'll... the. I wouldn't even have to send the resume. Yeah. If the resume is bad, I'll say, listen, they're working on their resume. It's not a good resume. Trust me, you know, and I work with clients. I mean, since I'm doing this, mm-hmm. how many years? Sure. My clients are still with me. Sure. So, and then some. So, I'll say, like today, I have a perfect example. I got some. I had someone who wants a complete change of career. Mm-hmm. She came in yesterday wants out of what she's doing completely. And what industry? She's in the teaching industry. Okay. So oh. it's very hard to transfer that to business. Sure. So I called a client. I explained to her this job, and I said, I think you'd be a good fit. Called the client today. He's like, send me a resume. I said, but the resume is teaching. It has nothing to do, like, what do you even need it for? Because it has nothing to do yeah. with your industry, which was insurance, actually. Mm-hmm. So this person Yeah, what has, are you going to see on that resume that's going to make you say, oh my God, I need to hire, I need to right. get this person in the door. Nothing. Yeah. The only reason she's getting that interview is because I called them up and said, listen, I met with her, I went over, you know, talk to them. Sure. And she's going on an interview tomorrow, actually. Sure. So let's see, that's to be continued. Mm-hmm. If, you know, they like her. She, I mean, I know they're going to like each other. Mm-hmm. Just a matter of, is that the right transition for her out of teaching into insurance yeah that's a wild career change well teaching to anything else is a wild career change yes and no i feel like teaching gives that like nurturing feeling of like helping other people all right so what else are you gonna do i feel like teaching into healthcare is probably more of a we just said you can't just go sit down at a medical no i know i know (laughs) but as far as like a as a similar career like a characteristic right choice right like insurance is total opposite of teaching well she actually i mean that's why i sit down with people because i spoke to her sure she had a very personable personality she'd be great in sales sure as a teacher Mm -hmm. you don't really get that so much no yeah yeah yeah. that i mean that makes total sense i mean i don't want to say anything bad about my mother was a teacher and all my friends are teachers and they always yell at me because i'm so not a teacher sure not for but, everybody, though. No. 
I no. think I think that's another thing that people have a hard time understanding is not everybody can do everybody else's job. No. No matter how good you are at learning, your qualifications, it's impossible. Right. You know, like, for example, me, I could never be a surgeon. One, not really, you know, I was an EMT, but I'm not really cool with digging my hands on people's guts. One. And two, that's just too much school for me. I'm just not good at school. Right. You know, I can get through school, yeah, but I don't know if you want the, t- I don't know if you want the doctor with like a, you know, 3.0. Well, I'm sure there are. I'm sure there are. And they're probably great doctors. Right. But, you know, that's, you know, that's my belief. I would just never be a good surgeon and my hands aren't as steady as, you know. Well, because you're more a people person and sure. you're more in sales and advertising it, yep. and what All you that do. Kind of, yeah. You know, just what podcasting. Yes. Is that a word? We're going to Google it. <laughs> is podcasting a word? Is... We're podcasting or we're doing a podcast. What do you say? I don't really know. Po- oh, podcasting. Yeah, it's in the dictionary. The practice of using the internet to make digital recordings of broadcasts available for downloading to a computer or mobile device. So it's a word, podcasting and podcast. Podcast is make a digital audio file available as a podcast. Fair enough. So we are podcasting. We are podcasting. You never say that? Honestly, I don't. (laughs) But it's weird you say that because when I upload a podcast, I have the option to use like keywords for searching and stuff like that. And I always use podcasting because I've seen it before, but I've never actually used it as like the noun or the adjective. Is it a noun or an adjective? I don't know. Once again, I'm not the student. I don't know if I mean I try to always be a student. I'm not a good student. That's why I'm good at sales. Good with people. That's important. What do you think is more important as far as like people skills or knowledge? It's there's nothing that's more important. It's just who you are. Mm-hmm. And that's what I do. I try to figure out who you are, and what's the right career for you. Sure. That's what I, I'm great at. Like, I, I love meeting new college grads. Love talking to them. Sure. And really helping them find what they want. Mm-hmm. Now, I'll meet someone great, and I'll be like, oh, my God, this kid is a great salesperson. Sure. Would be great. And they're like, no, 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 I don't want to do sales. Sure. And I think to myself, you should try it. They're like, nope, I don't want to do it. But... One of my biggest regrets, I think, was back in my 20s when I, you know, I was young. Mm-hmm. Like, I didn't, I was also afraid. I didn't want to just work on commission. Sure. It's like, that's scary just to work on commission. But if you have it, a knack for that, for sales and succeeding in that respect, you're going to kill it. But people are afraid. Yeah. So. I agree. Fear is, what do you think is the biggest crippler of good candidates? Not a trick question, by the way. I guess you're saying fear. That's my, I'm I'm asking that because that's my thought, but maybe you have a different insight on it. Is it something else? Well, I guess it all boils down to fear, right? They're, they just don't, they say no. Mm-hmm. You, know, you know, sometimes it's not like, well, they said, no, I don't want to do sales. And I, it's not like I'm sitting there saying, why, are you afraid to do it? I wouldn't say that. Sure. But maybe it is. Mm-hmm. 
do you ever ask people like what is or i don't i'm trying to figure out how to and ask the question like what is holding people back from their greatest potential is that like a no like one of your one of the common i don't think they would know that how do you answer that people don't realize it really oh my god i know i try i think i know almost all my weaknesses like i i i try to always think about what i'm good and bad at because if you know what you're good and bad at and this is my own belief is then you can capitalize on what you're good maybe and bad it's at. just fear they don't want to try what they think they're bad at but they, they could be good at it but sure. they don't want to try it because of fear mm. they don't even contemplate giving it a try sure they just say no no and that's it that's it mm. do you ask do you ask your potential candidates like what's their greatest weakness and what's their greatest strength is that like what you know, is your but, what is your vetting process look but, like but i i hate those questions because then you're going to get a canned answer you should be able to figure that out like i can figure that out not by asking those questions because that's like a a textbook question that people are like oh how do i answer my greatest weakness i have to say something that's a positive that you know what i mean and you don't want those answers sure. you want to know really who they are do you, do you ever ask them a question that completely throws them off i don't think so really cuz i'm a, i i ask them more about them more give about give me an example um just more about like like the new grads mm-hmm. we'll go through like the, the, maybe they have a communications major and i don't believe in like majoring majors that really matter unless you want to be an accountant unless you want to be an engineer a very, you know very sure. specialized you want to be in the a nurse sure um but if you're like a communications major you get a degree that the the world is your your oyster at that sure. point oh yeah that's <laughs> The world is your oyster at that point. Sure. So then I sit there like, you know, and I'll say, well, do you like accounting? And they'll be like, oh, no, no, no. You know, do you like working with computers? Do you like, you know, and I'll sit there and go through certain things this, to weed out. And I see, you know, it's not even about their answers. It's about their body language, sure. too. Like sometimes they won't even give an answer right away and you'll see their face, mm-hmm. what they think of it. Sure. That gives you more, which is why I need an in-person interview. You can't do that on the phone. Yeah. You can't. You have to read the people. Like their whole body will tell you if they like something or they don't. Mm-hmm. Like I'll have, I'll say something. Do you like this? And they'll, and you could see they light up, but they're yeah. thinking. Yeah. And I'll say, oh, but it looks like you, you, you that kind of excited yeah. you that idea. Yeah. You didn't think of that idea. So. That's the kind of questions I like to ask to see mm-hmm. what excites them. Sure. Because you want someone to be happy. They have to work for, say, the rest of their lives. Sure. Yeah, as most people do. I think that's a very valid point is knowing whether or not you're going to be happy in that field, we'll say. Right. What's the craziest success story you think you've ever had? Because you're dealing with a lot of people. Do you like keep in touch with your candidates over time, or you know, is it a it, transactional? You know, well, or 
All right. So there's this is just there's so many things with going on. Like everyone I meet, they say to me, "Okay, so you're going to call me. You're going to I'm going to hear from you." Mm-hmm. And I stop them right there and I say, "That's not how this necessarily works." Sure. This is a partnership. Mm-hmm. This is not just me seeing what I have for you and contacting you and me never hearing from you. Yeah. This is your job search. I need you to be my partner. Mm-hmm. And by that, I mean if someone's not working, someone got laid off and they're not working at all, I want to hear from you every week. Mm-hmm. While you're still looking, every week you should be contacting me however you want, email, text, phone, whatever means of communications you want, but I should be hearing from you because my days change like the drop of a hat. You know, I'm getting new jobs in every day. Mm -hmm. Every day things change. Things get filled. Things come in. And, you know, if I have, like I'm here right now. Sure. So if I have a job, got a job in right before I came here, Mm -hmm. I'm not calling right now. I may not get to it till tomorrow, and then tomorrow, you know, other calls may come in, and I have interviews, so I may, by the time I call you, I got this great job, if you calling me, I'm going to say right then and there, oh my God, I wanted to call you, I have this great job. Mm-hmm. So, and people are like, I'm bothering you, and I'm like, you never, it's never, this is what I do, this is what I yeah, love. This is what I make money I doing. I want you to Keep in touch with me. Yeah, don't call me at midnight. Call me at a reasonable hour. I feel like if someone calls me at midnight, they don't want a job. Why? Because they don't want me to answer. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. And then I throw them off when I answer. Mm. Yeah. Oh, I tried calling. I called you last night. Right. Yeah, at midnight. It's because they don't really want a job. Sure. But that's not how it works. It's, it's... it's a two-way street, and I, and you're my partner. Mm-hmm. So I'll, I'll tell you an example. So I have a woman that I met has to be at least 15 years ago. Mm-hmm. And we I tell everyone, friend me on Facebook. Sure. Jolie Coppell Leidner on Facebook, my personal page. I also have a VL Plus page. But, like, a client will call me, and sometimes I'll just – it's just easy for me on my personal Facebook page to just type in what the job or something as I'm on the phone with them. Mm-hmm. You know, so if you're looking at my Facebook and I type that job in and you call me, like it's it things sure. happen quick that way. Sure. You know? And say it's like at a uh, a bookkeeper spot, for mm-hmm. example. I put bookkeeper, blah, 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 blah. A bookkeeper that friend in me sees it, calls me, I send them on the interview, they get the job. The the 50, 100 other bookkeepers that I would call for the job, it's already filled, Mm -hmm. you know? So that's why I mean it's your job to keep in touch with me also. Sure. Because then I would say to that one person that called me right then and there, I would say to the client, wait, 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 but I want you to meet someone else also, you know, if you're not sure about that person, Mm -hmm. you know? So, I mean, I'm I'm an advocate for both. Do you ever send multiple candidates to a company to say, hey, choose who do you like better? Oh, so I do. Yeah, the answer is yes, because most clients want that. Mm. So if they want that, I do. Otherwise, there are times I call a client, I'll say, I have your next employee right here. You're going to meet them. And they'll hire them, and that's it. There's no. So, for example, the one I kept in touch with, that kept in touch with me for 15 years, we met, I'm seriously, my first company in staffing, mm-hmm. um, I met her. And she friended me on Facebook. Every once in a while, she would text me, hey, how are you? How are you? And Power of social media. She had a very small kid back then. Mm-hmm. 
And if I got a job in that was the right fit for her, she was always working, never was out of work. Wow. She was a single mom, and she, you know, I would get call her. I have this. Oh, it's too far. I can't. I can't do it. Oh, you know, oh, those hours are not right for me. I can't do it. Fifteen. Fast forward fifteen years later, her kids in college. Mm-hmm. I get a call from a client. This is what I need, and I'm thinking to myself. This woman, I obviously I know off the top of my head her status because she's kept in touch with me all this time. I said, let me let me call her because she's perfect for this job. But the salary was a little less than she was making. Mm-hmm. But I said, let me call her. Oh, I keep hitting this. So I call her and I tell her the job and she says, I'm really not happy where I am right now. I want to go on the interview. And mm-hmm. I said, but the salary may not. She goes, but I'm really, I don't want to be where I am. It's not the right job for me. And now I, she has no kid at home. This is f- f- a little further commute than she ever wanted. Mm-hmm. But now she can do it. Yeah, She has no ties to anything. Mm-hmm. She goes on the interview. One, I sent one ca- this one candidate. They offered her the job at more money than she was making. Sure. They loved her. Oh, it's great. People aren't willing to take a risk. So, and that was just one. I never... The job went literally. They called me. This is what we need. I called her. She says, okay, interview, offer. Boom. That quick. That quick. Sometimes it's that quick. Yeah, I believe it. I've had people offer me jobs in the interview. At the end of the interview, we like you so much. Here's, here's your offer. Right. You know. And But then there's other people who are like, well, I need to see someone else. Or at least I need to have 10 people to interview for the job. You know, it's out of my control. That's. Yeah, their decision. Sure. So, yeah, like government work, you need three proposals. No, even if, right. even though you know who you're going to go with, right? Still need three proposals. It doesn't change anything. Right. Yeah. It's uh. It's funny because jobs and like finding careers and stuff like that has been a common theme on this podcast these last couple of weeks. Oh, really? Yeah. I don't, uh, just weirdly enough, and I have a lot of friends that are graduating college and and stuff like that. that Why aren't they coming to me? Well, I didn't know what staffing was until right now, <laughs> so that's good to know. Um, but, you know, I, I was with a buddy of mine. He was interviewing at a company here on Long Island. It turns out, I just saw him last night, turns out that he was overqualified for the job. As a fresh college graduate, which I think is bizarre, but uh, we'll speak about this certain individual afterwards because maybe you have a tie to the company. But... You know, he's like, dude, I'm kind of nervous, man. I got to, you know, I'm, I saw him, early, I think, early in the morning of the, or the day before. And um, help yourself, by the way. Uh, and he was like, he's like, dude, I'm super, super nervous. You know, I don't, I don't know what to expect. This, that, and the other thing. And I'm like, dude, relax. He's like, why? He's like, dude, this, this, this is like my start to my life, man. Like, you know, this is a tremendous thing. I'm like, guy. They all go get the same Dunkin' Donuts coffee that you do. They eat at the same breakfast places that you do. They drive a similar car to what you drive. Like, people have this, cons- like, vision that these business owners or managers are these, like, wildly different people, aliens that come to this earth to hire and pay you to do a job. They're the same people that you could bump into at a Dunkin' Donuts or, or a Starbucks getting coffee. Right. You know, and, and I tell people all the time, like, dude, they're probably going to the same bar at five o'clock that you are. You know, it, it's not uncommon to, see, you know, I great example. So I, I bartend one day a week at a, a bar near here. What don't you do? Not much. 
I try, I, so part of my whole like 25 jobs thing is I try to do everything at least to the point where I'm like semi-proficient with it or just I realize that I'm not good at it at all and I'll never be good at it. I'm a firm believer in you're never going to know what you like or don't like if you don't try everything. So I'm pretty much willing to try just about everything at one point. But or someone like me, I like everything. I just like to work. Well, I'm not just saying work. Like, I shoot archery. I shoot guns. I right. throw darts. I enjoy fine wine. I, you know, I. but I know I don't like white wine. Like, right. I just, you know, you could give me every white wine under the sun. I've just never found a white wine I like. It's just not me. So great. Now I can go, you know, I've already shed off 50% of the wines, let's say, whatever percentage it is of wines. I just, I know that I'm not a white wine drinker. I don't even like light. Red wines. I like dark red wines. I like chocolate with no sugar in it or little, literally no. Like that's 86% dark. I give that to most people and like, this is garbage. And I'm like, well, this is what I like. Right. You know, I've tried super sweet chocolate and I don't like super sweet chocolate. I don't like sugar in my coffee anymore. You know, but you're never going to figure out what you like and you don't like if you're not willing to try it. You know, people are like, oh my God, I don't, I don't drink, I don't drink whiskey. It makes me do crazy things. Well... What else did you drink that night? Well, I had 12 vodka Red Bulls. Well, maybe <laughs> the 12 vodka Red Bulls is is what puts you over the edge. The one shot of Jameson you decided to do didn't turn you into a psychopath that day. Right. You know, people have these unrealistic expectations. So I'm a firm believer in trying, always trying new things constantly. You know, hey, let's do it. You know. Learn how to ride a motorcycle. Learn how to jump out of an airplane. You know, learn how to do pottery. You know, sh- shoot a bow for archery. Whatever it is, try it. Because then I know sailing. You know, getting my boating license. Whatever it is, I'm never going to know if it's something that I like or don't like if I don't do it. You know, I hate when people say, oh, I can never do that. You know, oh, I don't like sushi. Right. Well, have you ever had it before? No. Well, how do you know if you don't like it? Right. You know, I had... I had I had legit Chinese food the other day to the point where there's an American menu and a Chinese menu there. And I went with the guy, Ed, who you just met, and he's like, oh, you got to come to this place. And I'm like, Chinese food is fucking amazing. It's so good. And then you have American Chinese food, which just makes you feel like a bag of assholes all day. <laughs> like you feel like I've never eaten Chin- American Chinese food because now I have to say that. It felt good. I'm never like, oh, I can't wait to start my day. It's like, I can't wait to die later. I'm f- I feel like garbage. I've never met anyone that's like, I feel great after eating Chinese food. Never. Maybe you're the person. No. But American, chi- I mean, uh, Chinese Chinese food, like real Chinese food, I ate it and I was like, I feel cl- like it, I feel clean and refreshed. It's not oily and gross and all these different things. Like it's, it's very light. It's, it's a, it's a totally different experience. And I went with my girlfriend and she's like, I don't know about this. Like, I don't do, I don't venture off into these weird areas. And she's like, it's actually pretty good, you know? And I was like, all right, cool. You know, I now, now I know that I like. Is it like dim sum? I've never had dim sum, oh. but yeah, on my list of things to try. Where yeah. do you, I don't even know where you'd get dim sum around here. I go to Queens. Oh yeah. I'm not, I mean, I'm willing to drive pretty far for food, but there's a limit. But like, it was like, it's it like. It's so weird because I had I had a, a hot pot, so they served it to me on like a little wok, and there's a flame underneath, and right. the oil is frying everything in front of me while I'm trying to eat it. Everything's scorching hot, and it's so oily, like so. There's so much oil and chili flakes in there and everything like that, and I'm eating. I'm like, I don't feel gross at all. Like, 
maybe it's because the oil's really hot and it's not sticking to the food or whatever it is. But like, I didn't feel gross after. And I didn't feel like I'm like, oh my god, I ate till I'm gonna die either. Like, you get like, I don't know, sesame chicken at your local takeout place, right. and you're like, you're like, oh, it's delicious. But now I feel like crap. Right. Like, I felt like, you know, I got back to my house because we went up to Stony Brook, and I got back to my house. I'm like, I feel fine. Like. Not my, tired. My, yeah, I didn't, my, I'm tired. I'm not groggy. My stomach didn't hurt at all, which I was totally expecting the opposite. And you weren't hungry in an hour. No. It was, yeah. It was like the weirdest thing. And I'm like, okay, great. Now I know I like that. So I'm a firm, firm believer in always trying something new. Right. You know, if you have a fear, getting over fears. But there's a lot of people that just don't want to try something new. They're just happy with... No, you're never going to the- grow as a person. Not saying you shouldn't. I get it. But... You only grow when you're in an uncomfortable spot. Right. Just as a person. But isn't that what makes the world go round? The people that are not going to grow and then the people that grow? Yes. I, I, as, a, as a sad way of saying it, yeah. The, the world needs employees. Right. People that are going to work. And people... And not want to be a manager? Yes. A hundred percent. And it saddens me. At some point, and then I realized that people are just happy with where they are. You know, there's people I've worked with that are totally happy with never being a, a senior person. Right. They're just like, no, I, I don't right. want that response. I like where I am. Right. And I have no desire to move up. I don't want to take responsibility for, responsibility for other people's actions and worry about different things. It's not who they are. Well, how many people said to me, Jolie... Why do you need to start your own business in your late 40s? Sure. What do you need that for? Sure. And it's just always been something I wanted my entire life. And by a whole chain of events in my life, it just so happened to come to me in my late 40s. Oh, I keep doing that. That's all good. In my late 40s. Yeah. And even my own mother is like, what do you need this for? Just go work for someone. I'm like, no. And I never want to work for anyone again. I love my own having my own business. But there's plenty of people that can never have their own business. Plenty. It's hard. You know, I start, When I started my business, you know, I, I've, I've spoken about this a couple times, but like I woke up the next morning after I quit my job. Like when I say quit, I mean like no longer going to the office quit. And... Um. I was like, what do I do? Like, I just quit my job. I had a couple, like, clients, like, lined up, but I didn't have, like, it wasn't set. Like, it wasn't like, oh, these are going to be, like, my official clients. And I, I I woke up at, like, 11 or 12 o'clock, and I'm like, you know, it didn't kick in that I owned my own business at that point. Even though all the paperwork was filled out, and by the government, I was, a, you know, a, an uh, an agency, we'll say. It was just kind of there, and I was like, "I okay, cool." You know, the first day or two, I was like, "I don't have a boss anymore." Like, right? It's just me. And then after a couple days, it was like, "Okay, no more paychecks." Like, time to figure out. You know, as an employee, you you only know, "Hey, this is my job, or this is what I have to do." And you're gonna get a paycheck every week. And you're gonna get a paycheck. Yep. And even if you screw up a lot, right? You're probably gonna. They're probably gonna keep you as long as you're doing a decent job. You know, you gotta. I've realized too. You gotta really suck to get fired. Yeah, no one wants to fire anyone. Yeah, they nobody. They really don't want to fire anyone. I love. When They'll people... wait until someone will quit. Yes. More than fire them. Yep. They'll yeah. make your life suck enough to quit because they they don't they don't want to feel the guilt of firing you. Right. 
you know. But I feel like, because, you know, as in temporary staffing, the clients call me and say, you have to let them go. So, I mean, I do it like it's nothing, but I equate it to, listen, that person could have had this job and they didn't put their best foot forward. Yeah. So I don't feel so bad because they didn't do what they want, everything in their power to keep it. They came in late. They called out sick. Mm -hmm. They, you know, easy things. Yeah. Uh, uh, Ron Reed, the guy I mentioned before, he's like, usually getting fired for an employee is the best thing that ever happens to them because it's a full reset. Makes them realize themselves what they're doing wrong. You know, maybe I'm, maybe it's just, I wasn't happy with where I am and being fired. Now I have, now I have to go figure something else out. Right. You know, and I was too lazy to go pursue something else. You know, it kind of does a, a quick little reset, and I think getting fired too, and not that I think everybody should get fired, but I've right. had my fair share of getting fired. Um, you got fired too? Oh, yeah. Hell yeah. I actually just told uh, somebody in my office today my story of getting fired. Oh, really? I, I got fired from CBS. I got fired from Tropical Smoothie Cafe, and I got fired from On the Border, the restaurant I was referring to earlier. Uh, <laughs> fired from CBS because my draw was short. Uh, your draw, You had a draw for uh, – if you got – if you your draw was over or under three dollars, you would get written up and three write ups within a ninety day period. But so you'd have ninety days. If you got written up in those ninety days again, it would go again for another ninety days. Right. So you'd have to be ninety days clean with no mess ups. And like I didn't steal any money. They, you know, the managers knew I didn't steal any money or anything like that. It was like my draw was over seven dollars one day. Then it was under like six dollars. And then like the last time was like under ten dollars. And they're like, we know you, we already reviewed the cameras. We know you didn't steal the money, but right. like you just gave out the wrong change to somebody. And ironically enough, for CBS, it turned out that there was a major party going on that night, and they fired me. And they're like, we're terminating you. And I thought it was a joke because like we were all super friendly there. And they're like, no, no, you like you can't work here anymore. And I was like, really? Like I'm thinking the whole staff is in on this whole thing, and like it's like a it's like a game of it's punk. It's like a, yeah, because a we were all so close. And she's like, no, no, like. Like you're fired, and like if I just begged for my job, they would have kept me. But I didn't really like the job anyway. So and well, I. Well, it's wanna... all corporate. They have policies and procedures exactly. that they have to adhere to. So yes. there's no way around it. And they and usually they keep you if you just say, "Hey, like I'm really sorry, but there was a major party going on that night, and I wasn't missing the party at six, 17 years old." So <laughs> I like gave them both high fives. I'm like, "Thanks," and like I, I go in there every once in a while. You know the. Two managers now aren't there anymore, but like I was still like friendly with everybody there. Right. And I was like, thanks for firing me. Like, honestly, the best thing that ever happened to me because I probably could have been a lifer there. And a lifer at CVS is not that great. No offense to anyone that spends their entire life working at CVS. Well, but it is great for some people. Exactly. That's the whole Some people point. don't like change. Right. And if they're happy with where they are, there was a girl that worked there for 40 years and she loved every aspect of it. Right. If she loves it, who cares? Not for me, but for her, it was the greatest thing in the world. She loved going to work every single day, spending her 40 hours a week, working overtime, loved the corporate idea and all that kind of stuff. And she was an amazing, she was the best employee ever. Never late, always on time, almost never sick. Everything was always done to the T and that's perfect for her. Wasn't for me. Uh, What else did I get fired for? I got fired from Tropical Smoothie Cafe. There was... The manager didn't like me. I knew the manager didn't like me, but the owner liked me. But the manager was the one that had the final say in firing me. Uh, there was a, I forget what hurricane was here. 
and we were closed for like two days and nobody was coming to the store on the third day. Like Long Island was a ghost town. Like things were still destroyed the whole nine. Right. And this is going, excuse me, this is back in like 2012 to 2014, I think. And apparently I didn't fill up the pumps to, to put the syrups in the smoothies. And she called me. She's like, yeah, you didn't fill up your pump. You didn't fill up the pumps. So you're fired. And I was like, great. I hated this job anyway. Who wants to wake up at 6 a.m. to go to work? Um, for like garbage money too. Not saying that waking up at 6 a.m. is bad. That was two. And then three was on the border. I'm, I'm divulging way too much personal stuff, but that's fine. Um, on the border. It's all the service industry. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, on the border, I quit on really good terms. Went to work for Red Lobster. This is why I've had so many jobs. Worked for Red Lobster for like three weeks. Finally got my tip out on a Friday night. The money was garbage. It was like 50, 60 bucks on a Friday night for like nine or eight hours worth of work. I'm like, we're making minimum wage here. Like, we're making less than minimum wage right. and meeting minimum wage with the tip difference. I'm like, why is the money so bad? And like, oh, the, the, the servers make all the money and not the bartenders. I'm like, why does anybody work here if we're making $50 a shift? The, the whole comp structure sucks. So then I went back to On the Border. They took me back welcomingly. They're like, thank God you're back. And then things were just going so far awry. The kitchen not serving things, this, that, and the other thing. And... The I told the manager and I was like, yeah, I'm done. Like, I can't work here anymore. I'm going to work these next two shifts because I don't want to have no shows. But when you guys make the schedule for next week, don't put me on. I'm done after that. And the manager called me out the next day and was like, yeah, you're fired. Don't come in. And I was like. But you already like quit. Exactly. So on paper, I got fired. But I had already quit. Right. And five days earlier, they took me back yeah, after not, being gone okay, for two weeks. But the point is, none of this really goes on your resume. Yes. No one really needs to know yep. about this in your career. Well, now everybody knows I got fired. Whatever. Yeah, but it doesn't really matter anymore. Not and anymore. It's not anything you wanted to do. And this is years ago. Like yes, this is and not you were anything a kid. recent. It wasn't You were like a, in high school. Yeah, this is not like that doesn't it happened count. last year. Anything before 22 doesn't really count. All right, fair enough. Right? Yeah. Like, I'll see people with this experience from high school. They're like, oh, I, I worked there from when I was 14 till I was 20. I'm like, but it's not really relevant now. You graduated college, yeah, yeah, yeah. you're on a whole new career path. And the you funny know? part is now is people are asking me to go work for them. They're like, dude, drop your company. Come work for me. I'm like, I'm not leaving my company to go work <laughs> for you. You've got to be at it. But they're like, you're a perfect fit for my company. I'm like, but I'm not going to invest a year of my time into something and then and then drop it. Like, I'm going to ride it out for a handful of years, and then if it doesn't work, back to the principle before of trying things, and if it doesn't work, fine. But at least I tried. Right. And now I know, hey, after four, you know, three, four, five years, I know it's not going to work. Great. I'm still in my 30s. It's not that big of a deal. People are offering me insane amounts of money to come work for them. Right. The door is probably still going to be open at that time. And if it's not, new doors will open. Right. You know, what did you do in between... You know, 24 to 30. So I started a company, made some money, learned that I can't, op- you know, can't do everything in my company. Right. So I stopped my company and I'm going to look for something else. What would you do good? I did this, this, this good. What would you do bad? I did this, this, this bad. Great. Okay. Or in the wise words of Jonathan Carroll. Yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> he's going to love that he's mentioned all oh, the time. He's going to love it. <laughs> so, 
you know, for me, it's a learning experience. Everything should be a learning experience. Yes. That was a lot of me talking. Well, because you're passionate about it. Yeah. It's gro- it grows you as a person. Right. But that's my point. Like, not, you know, the people that I meet, people have that passion and people don't. Yeah. How do you find out who has passion for different things? Well, it's really, it's not like I find out. Like, if I'm calling you for a job Mm -hmm. that I think is the perfect job for you, and I'll say that. I'll call you, I'll email you, I'll text you, Mm -hmm. and you never call me back. I never hear from you. Sure. Which happens more times than I care. That you call them and they don't answer you? They don't answer me. Or I'll say, go on this interview. Oh, I'll be there, take the info. They never show. Oh. Or I just had someone who was supposed to start work that first day on Monday. Spoke to them Sunday night. Good luck tomorrow. Never showed up. Never heard from them again. What does the company say to you then? They blame me, but they know it's not me, but they blame. I take the blame. Yeah. What am I going to do? You know, I, I short of going to their house or waiting sure. there to, to confront them, I can't reach them. Mm-hmm. They don't yeah. call me back. They disappear. I'm always like, you know, I always think the worst scenario first. Like, God forbid, were they in an accident? Sure. Were they, you know, but uh-huh. they just, they just disappear. Tons of people do that. Tons. It just, I don't get it. And I've heard from a couple of people that have done it, that they just are fearful to tell the truth, that they didn't want it. Oh, so they said, yeah, 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 and then they said they don't want it? Well, I don't really know that. Uh-huh. You just I don't hear really from the grapevine? I'll I'm, I'm, I leave a message and say, if you don't want this job, it's fine. We'll find something else. Or if you don't want any job, it's fine. Just tell me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just be honest. Just communicate. Just do something. Mm-hmm. And nothing. Really? Nothing. That's terrible. Fell off the face of the earth. And then, you know, it's funny because I wonder... If I always wonder for years and years, like, what happened to that person? What happened to that person? Why did they do that? Sure. Like, I just, I don't understand. Because I'm, I'm just, there are people that could do, like, I could never do that. Mm-hmm. If I say I'm doing something, I always do it. Sure. If I, for some reason something comes up, I call. I cancel. I, I you know what I mean? Sure. That's just who I am. So. Sure. I can't understand why people do that. And yeah. it just doesn't sit well with me, but that's the business I'm in. Yeah. No, I, I definitely I definitely see that. Fear eats a lot of people. You know, I had a recruiter back before I started my company, and he was telling me about different job opportunities. And he's like, you know, this is the money associated with them, this, that, and the other thing. And, you know, I was probably not your typical candidate because I understood the whole, like, being a human type stuff deal where most people think that these people have superpowers right and you know i was like look just tell me the company i want to research them on my own this that and the other thing like you know if you don't want me to send in a resume there that's fine i won't send in a resume there because i know that you need to get credit but i go let me at least start looking into the company because it might not even be a company i want to work for and he's like oh wow so you like understand the whole fit not fit concept i go yeah i don't want to go work for a company i'm not going to want to work for and i'm not going to go do a job i don't want to do you know doesn't matter how much money is attached to it it's called being happy I'm a big right. fan of it. And uh, 
He's like, all right. So he told me the company and whatever. And I was like, look, the company looks great. I'd be interested in doing it. It's not my real cup of tea, but I think I could probably succeed there. I go, but here's the catch. They're based in New York City. I'm based on two hours away on Long Island. Door to door, you're talking like two hours and change each way. That's not going to fly. Right. I'm not willing to spend that much time on the I train. I deal with that a lot. Yes. And I go, look, here's the catch. We work in technology. I have no problem going in there for a training period. I'm thinking like a month or two, maybe a little bit longer, but that's it. After that, I want to be able to work remotely at least most days of the week. You're talking like maybe two days commute, three days home. And he's like, it's not really. Maybe they're interested. Maybe they're not. I'll speak to him. He goes, you're a perfect fit for the company. Like I had But every- you're not a perfect fit. Yeah. Well, well, if I was willing to commit to... To commuting every day. Yeah. If I was willing to commit to that, he goes, and I and I really, I genuinely was. He showed me like the entire write out. I'm like, I am an exact fit for this company. The catch is, there's always a catch. Wasn't willing to go on the train. The commute, yeah. And uh, he's like, all right, you know, let me speak to him. And they were actually willing to budge for a little bit. And then I, I sat through, I think two or three interviews, aced them all, all over the phone, and. Uh, and then finally, like the senior manager was like, yeah, you know, I think w- you could work remotely one day a week. And then the other four months right. you come in. And I'm like, dude, that was not part of the agreement at all. Like I've, everybody I've spoken to is like, that's the best we could do. It's the only thing we can offer you. And I go, sorry, bud. I was all on the phone with the recruiter the whole time. I go, dude, look, this is right. my requirements. But that's not a good recruiter to me. Oof. To me, that's the recruiter. Because they really wanted you to get the job so they could make money. Sure. But you're really not the right person for that job. Sure. You're really not. The number one. Well, I, think he could, the, I think he was trying to persuade me to go to New York City. Right. But yeah. you can't. And I don't try. That's why when people come to me, that's one of my questions mm-hmm. to ask everyone. What commute are you comfortable with? Mm-hmm. And that's very important to me to know. But that is a number one reason people come to me looking for new jobs commute just because it's the worst thing not money commute why because people's time is valuable and they want the best commute they could possibly have and it's not about the money sometimes most times i feel like they'll take lateral moves as opposed to you know a lot of times people like want to jump to another level salary wise but if the commute's better they they'll may even take a pay cut really so most people don't realize that that that's the number one reason it's not money do you think that there's a more of a move to a more of a move to better commutes now than there was previously with the this is a strange question but like people are starting to kind of wake up there's podcasts there's audiobooks there's all these different things that tell you that really teach you the value of time versus money that aspect do you think that or at least have you seen more people say whoa my time is way more valuable well, it really now it than really it was stems previous? around what people when they're having kids sure they want to be home for the kids more mm-hmm. that's always the case so it's always the people with young kids. Like, I just want to be able to be home for my kids. I want to be close to home. I want to be able to run to the school and see a play and go back mm-hmm. to work. Sure. That, you know, that's, but a lot of companies truly, they don't, they need what they need. Mm-hmm. They have businesses to run. 
and you leaving in the middle of the day is not really in their plan. And that's fine, but then that's not the right fit for you. Mm-hmm. You know, like I said, the woman who has the interview tomorrow who's getting out of teaching, she said to me, do you think I'd be able to like leave there and run to the school and see my kids play and then go back? And I said, you know, I happen to think that that company would be okay with that. Yeah. I know the owner has young kids. Sure. So he probably does it. Sure. You know, but that's... I think... Do you think people have a fear of asking for different things? I think people feel they're entitled to certain things. But not have a fear of asking. Because I feel like... I feel like they think, well, it's my kid. I'm doing it. They don't care. Hmm. That's what I think. Do you think companies have a serious problem with it or? Some do, some don't. Then it's not the right fit. Mm-hmm. So that's. Do you blame the person or do you blame the company or that's just how I don't it is? blame anyone. Really? I don't think it's a blame for anything. Okay. I think it's about communication. Have you ever had a company have outrageously unrealistic expectations? Oh, absolutely. In what regard? That they couldn't care about the person in any which way, shape, or form and want them there. The hours are supposed to be there and they wouldn't hear any excuse for anything. I tell like I tell people sometimes if they're temping mm-hmm. and they're I know there's a really good potential of them being perm, but I'll say and they'll say, I'm sick. I can't go in, I'm sick. Mm-hmm. And I'll say, you need to go. You need to go, and if you're that sick, they will send you home. Yeah. But let them, and then the next day, if you're that sick, then you could tell them, I'm still that sick. Yeah. But they need to see an effort. Yes. Makes sense. They need to see an effort. And most people, like, I have, you know, whatever's wrong with them, but, you know, people give excuses. So companies have heard excuses after excuses, so they're just immune to it. Mm -hmm. They don't know if you're telling the truth. So if you really actually give an effort and show up on time when you're that sick, Mm -hmm. they'll see it. They don't want you there anyway. They don't want your germs. They don't want to get sick. Yeah, they'll send you right home. They'll send you home. I do that with my employees. If they come in and they're that sick, I'll say, go home. Yeah, you're not doing anything good for this company today. Right. You know. I yeah, right. firm believer. But you have to give that effort, not just call in, I don't feel good. Yeah. Yeah. That's- I think I think company I think employees too don't do their own due diligence in you know, let's say having that fake sick day. I think your boss and maybe maybe you could add some insight on this, but let's just say at a company with a hundred employees or a thousand employees, whatever number of employees. If somebody said, hey, Friday is going to be a really nice day and really think about going to the beach. Are you cool if I skip work that day and go to the beach? They could say, say, is it working? Oh, man. Hold on one second. I think that employers don't believe you. Like if you wanted, if you said it's going to be a really nice day Friday, I'm going to take a personal day or a sick day and you have the days, do it. Sure. But unless the company really needs you, like they may say, well, it's really a bad day. We really have this, this, and this going on. Sure. We really need you here. Sure. You know, and then the person will say, well, I'm going to call in sick that day anyway, because, you know, but. Sure. 
Do you think the company but would have I, less? They don't believe. Like, and a perfect example. I read today that the day after the Super Bowl is one of the biggest days for people to call in sick. Sure. Yes. In the yes. Right. Countrywide. Yeah. Right. Because people go out boozing all night long and they're partying. Right. But this Super Bowl, we started talking about this yes, before the show. Yes, we started talking about it. First of all, I hate Tom Brady. <laughs> That's putting it loosely. Second of all, it was Who very uneventful. Who doesn't hate Tom Brady? I know. Well, if you're from New York, it's pretty much Everyone guaranteed. Everyone hates Tom Brady. Um, but this Super Bowl ended way earlier than everybody than I they normally do. I noticed that. Yes. But it also started way earlier. A lot of times, the Super Bowl doesn't start until like seven thirty, right. eight o'clock. Right. This one happened to start earlier. And it was so uneventful and boring. I know. I saw somebody's uh, Facebook post and was like, "Imagine spending three thousand dollars to watch a kick to watch a field goal." Right. I'm like. Yeah, you're right. I mean, it's the experience and everything like right. that, but very uneventful game. Well, you could have a better experience another year then. Um, yes. The, But continue what you're saying about people calling in sick, and then we'll go into the football tent. Right. So the day after the Super Bowl. Yeah. You call in sick? Yeah. They know you're not freaking sick. Well, you could be hungover. Yeah, it's a lie. And you know what? No matter, no matter if you, God forbid, are really sick. Yeah. No one's going to believe you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah no yeah. one's going to believe you. You're almost better off. Do you think you're better off telling your boss on Friday, being like, dude, I'm going to get super hammered on Friday you on Saturday that or Sunday? Companies have days. Take that as a day. Sure. They're going to deduct it anyway in some which way, shape, or form. Sure. Either you don't get paid if you're an hourly and they don't get vacation or you get vacation or purse, whatever. But no one is honest. They just have to be honest. Yeah. I, being a future employer, because I don't employ anyone yet, I have a feeling, and this is my hopes and dreams, so we're, it's not official, but one, I've realized that people that work remotely seem to be more productive, statistically are more productive. That's thing one. Thing two is, I firmly believe that if you're just upfront and honest, I'm not going to dock your pay if you say, hey, boss, I'm super hungover. Can I work a half a day today? I'll pay you for a full day. As crazy as that sounds. I'd rather you sleep and be semi-productive for half a or productive for half a day than be not very productive because you had to you got garbage sleep and you weren't productive the entire day. I have a very weird philosophy on thinking about people and things like this because I too am a party animal. And there's plenty of times that I went to my old job hungover as could be, and knew that the entire day was going to be a wash, but my employer wanted me in that chair the entire day. Did they know what you were accomplishing or not? Like, it depends on the size of the company, what you're doing. Oh, like, they know damn well what I'm doing. Right. And those days, they knew that I wasn't. I would tell them the day before, right. I'm going out and getting annihilated tonight, just so you know. So don't expect much from me tomorrow. But they would want me in the office, 8.30 to 5.30, right. doing my shift. and Because employers want you there. Whether you're my- functioning or not, because you know what? Some That's days crazy. some days you're going to be on, some days you're going to be not so on. I'd, I would but much rather there. have my employee sleep. Dude, don't even bother working today. I'll pay you for the day. I expect a great day on Tuesday. Great. Like, I have, I, I think employers have built this, have built the dishonesty into their company, and I don't believe in that. Maybe it's just me. But it, I think it stems from people lying. Because they people feel just like they're lie. forced to lie. They lie. Okay. They lie about 
if they're sick, if they're... Look at all the people that don't show up. That tell me they're going to show up to work, and they don't. Yeah. They're lying, right? Yes, they are. I think it's pro- it's it's very different for you because I understand that interviews are terrifying. But if you're there on a day-to-day basis, I I genuinely don't believe it. Unless the company desperately needs you the next day and functioning at 25 or 50% of your right. 100% capacity Which could is be better case. than nothing. Yes. Then yes, I agree. I think that employers think that you functioning at 50% is better being there is better than Zero, not being there. For some circumstances, yes. I think I couldn't agree more. Right. Getting 25 or 50% of productivity. If you're productivity. a doctor and you have a medical assistant, mm-hmm. having a medical assistant just be there and doing walking a patient to the room mm-hmm. is better than not having that medical assistant. Yes. But I also think the doctor is the one that needs to tell the medical assistant that, hey – no matter how you're functioning, this is what I need done. And this is like mission critical stuff because if you're not here, we're making less money. Where in other industries, and I think this is more industry specific, you could get away with not having that person for the day most of the time. Like let's say you sell insurance. I'd much rather, and this is me stepping into other people's shoes, I'd much rather have you call in on a Monday after the Super Bowl saying – Boss, I am super hungover today. Not going to be, you know, I could come in. I'd much rather have you call in and say, hey, I could come in, but I'm not going to operate nearly as, as efficiently as if I got a good <laughs> night's sleep tonight, relaxed all day, and came into work Tuesday and crushed it. You don't it. want that person operating on you. Oh, yeah. But like that. But, but you it's don't want anyone around you. Industry that. specific, though. If you're a medical assistant and you're there to just walk the patients to the right. rooms, then yeah. You could do that functioning on 25% of, you know. Right. You know, people might not be thrilled with the fact that you're hungover as could be and you smell like a bottle of tequila, but you're providing, you know, a service that the doctor's counting on. But if you're, I don't know, let's just take my industry, for example, media and marketing. If you, you know, an employee calls me and says, hey, boss, I got tuned up last night. I could come in. I could I could remote in and log hours today. Right. I'd probably be more efficient if I just relaxed all day and nursed this hangover and tomorrow come in and crush it. Cool. Come in and crush it tomorrow. I'm still going to watch you like a hawk. Yeah, but like say in my business, say it was my recruiter. Sure. And you come in and you're not up to par that day, but you make a few calls, you get a few things done, is better to me than nothing. Oh. See, I'm total opposite. I'd rather take the day off, dude. If you're going to get almost nothing done anyway. But I have sent people home. Sure. I have. I believe it. When they're literally not functioning and not even making a call, it's, yeah. you know, go home. Yeah. I'd rather have the person call me and say, hey, I'm super hungover today. What do you want me to do? I'd rather have that call because- But that's also a matter of being responsible. You could go out and party. Sure. Just don't be so hungover in the morning. Yes. I also firmly believe in that. Right? I'm all in for a good time. Me too. But- I, I, I'm a firm believer, and if you're an open book, there's nothing bad that can happen to you. If you're just bluntly honest, right. the boss might not want to hear it. Right. You're hungover again. This is the yeah, third, but you know what? third time it in three weeks. It depends on the size. You know, when you're dealing with corporate companies, sure. they, there's no leeway. Yes. 
There's no leeway. There's corporate policies. You specific. have your handbook. You have this. It's just by the book, black and white. Yeah. There's no way around it. Industry specific. It's, you're talking about when someone works for you, it's just you. Yes. Industry specific. And you could just say, you know what? Specific. You were hung over the other day. I need you to come in on Saturday. Mm-hmm. And that's okay to yeah. ask that. Yep. But corporations, not necessarily the tr- true. Sure. So it's all different. Yeah. I agree. All right, back to this football game. Yes. Even though people are going to be listening to this in like a month, they should at least hear our thoughts. It takes that long? I have a lot of podcasts in the pipeline. Oh, really? Yeah. Look how popular you are. Well, I'm also going away for like 20 days. But going away, you work remotely. I can't podcast. I I shouldn't say I can't. I don't want to podcast remotely. I will be working while I'm away, but I will. And I'm going to bring the podcast set up. So if I meet somebody, I could still podcast, uh-huh. but like we're doing now. Yes, but we're on site, on location. But do you like go out to a bar and say, "Let's do a podcast"? I meet people in the most obscure places oh. ever. We had a guy, Mike from Boning Brothers, come in today. From where? From Boning Brothers or Boeing Brothers? Boning, Boning, Boning. Boning. I think it's Boeing or Boning. What is it? I have no idea what you're talking. They're about. the the beer distributor. Oh. I think it's Boning Brothers. Is it Boeing Brothers? I have no idea. I have no idea. But look at you all prepared with your laptop. Ready I gotta, to, somebody's got to Google it. I don't have a Jamie Google. for anyone. That, uh, I am not quick on a, any of that. Well, that's that's part of the reason why I'd probably be so lenient. Because if you can get funk, if you could work from 4 o'clock till midnight, I could care less. Right. If you're going to be productive, hey, dude, I'm not going to be in the office. You know, I'm, I can't work today for like six hours. Cool. There's that hangover. Right. You know, work tonight. Great. Boeing. No, it is Boning Brothers. B-O-E-N-I-N-G, Brothers, Inc. Um, they sell they sell beer, and I met them at Speedway, literally next door. And By the way, I just got a text. Yeah. I got someone a job just now. Congratulations. She got a job offer. She's excited, given two weeks' notice. Goddamn. See? It's amazing the way the world works. But I met this guy at Speedway, and he would be a perfect candidate for the podcast. He happens to work for Boning Brothers, and... You know, he's probably going to be a good guest on the show. I meet people in the most obscure pl- I mean, I meet the most obscure people. People introduce me to... I've, I've unfortunately told people that they're probably not a good fit for the show, which is heartbreaking because I don't want to turn away people. But at the same time, it's like a business. You have to... You can't put... Not bad people, but they're not a right fit for the podcast. They could be right. amazing at what they do. I've had people... I guess I was good for a podcast because you kept asking me. I, yeah, and then I stopped, and then you're like, put me on. And I was like, no, oh, it's Christ always been on my head. I got to do the podcast. I got to do the podcast. It's fun. It's yeah. a, it's interesting. Well, I like talking. You like talking. We talk to each other. We're just talking. I know. We see each other all the time. We just haven't. It's I'm and all we're talking East. about my business, and we like to talk about everything. 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 Tom, so we could do Tom another. Brady's sixth ring. Oh God! Did you uh. see the? Uh, but oh wait, my favorite commercial I started telling oh, you tell me, tell me. was the NFL one with the cake. With the bo- they throw the ball and they went oh no, and then all the players get up. Yes, and that you was the best. Tom- yes, I actually just I shared it on Facebook that you see the uh, the Tom Brady part. He's like, hold on one second, hold my rings. Yes, <laughs> he's, he's throwing all his rings in the guy's head. So he that can- was the best one. I was so mad though he wasn't in any other part of it. He he says hold my rings to get up there and he doesn't do anything, which is. 
as much as I hate Tom Brady, the, the, core, right? the exact opposite of what he does because he says hold my rings and actually does something. But very uneventful game. Uh, I yes. honestly thought I knew that I had a very good feeling that the Patriots were going to win because they just are so goddamn good. Yeah. But I just hate Tom Brady. So does everyone in New York. And they pull through. You know, they've met. Oh. It kills me to say this, but they've mastered the game. Yes. They have absolutely. Tom Brady has. I would say Bill Belichick, too. Oh, yes. Because yes. It, calling the timeouts at the right time. And look, I'm not saying I like what he does because it grinds my gears, but they figured it out. They know when they know the exact right time to call timeouts. They, you know, Tom Brady's always, you know, he's got a he's got an iron wall in front of him. Right. You know, that gives him the all the time in the world to make that pass. The dude is a sniper when it comes to throwing. He puts that ball exactly where it needs to be. As much as I hate the dude, you got to give him credit where it's due. He's Gr- won. Gronkowski he won doesn't fair miss a catch. Yeah. Yeah, well, right? let's, let's not get well, away. Let's I not mean, go fair and square. According to he the refs. Won. Yeah. According to the books. And their pocket full of cash that they, they got and all this other things. According but, to the books, they're the winners. Um, well, how, whatever anyone Yep. I also think that they probably shouldn't even be in the Super Bowl because of the playoff games, but that's a whole other story. Right. I re- keep reading about all those kids that fa- found him to be a cheater and proved him a cheater. Uh-huh. I was like, just oh, keep- Tom Brady? Yeah. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah. No doubt. Yeah. And then someone's like, how does he recover like a- better than a 20-year-old at 42? Wait, cheater in the sport or cheater in like what regard? In any regard, read – you know, you read everything online. I I don't read that much about Tom Brady because I hate the guy, but you got to give credit where it's due. He won. Well, the point is, he won. It's in the books. They won the Super Bowl. Deflated balls, whatever it may be. Whatever it may be, they won. Bad calls, this, that, the other, they won. Oh my God! Boy wins science fair for that's proving. That's what I'm. That, yes, that's oh, what I was wait, referring hold on. We to. Gotta do, we, you never read that? No. Yes, that's what I'm referring to. Oh my God! Lexington, Kentucky. Gray news. You can use science to explore the wonders of the universe, illuminate the whole world, and advance the whole of human knowledge. Or you can use it to prove Tom Brady's a cheater. The website NFL Draft Diamonds reports the Ace Davis, a 10-year-old in Kentucky, won his science fair last week with a project. Right. Is Tom Brady a cheater? The answer turns turns out it's yes. Science says no. Ooh, interesting. I know that it was interesting. Oh my god. I can't believe they wrote a whole article on this. I can't read it all right now. Through various testing measures of different weights, PSI, pounds per square inch of whoop. Whoa. That's how we get home. Uh of footballs. Uh pounds per square inch of footballs. We should find the Underdeflated football footballs provide a competitive advantage in the game. Interesting. His testing, his test results show uh, he and his family members throwing longer and longer passes with lighter and lighter footballs. Interesting. Ah. He concludes Tom Brady is indeed a cheater. cheater. Oh shit. Yep. I, I would have never guessed. I wonder that if a- Tom Brady read that. Honestly, probably. He probably could care less about it right now because it came out a, a day ago. But I don't know. I feel like he just keeps saying to himself he needs to make more money than his wife. Why? What does his wife do? She's a model. Oh, Giselle. is she? I have no idea. Who's Tom Brady's wife? Giselle. 
What's her last name? Oh, Giselle. Something B something. Oh my lord, she is gorgeous. You never knew this? No, I could care less about the dude. I could care. I don't care about famous people at all. Right. I don't either. I haven't watched TV in years, actually. Movies, TV, nothing. I just love what I do. I work. She is definitely good looking. Holy shit. You've never knew this? $180 million. Oh, Brady's net worth is an estimated 180 while uh, Buchan's is 360 Yes, that's my point. Oh my he needs to make God. more than her. What is Tom Brady's net worth? Oh, my Lord. She makes more than him. That is crazy. How do you not know this stuff? I Because I don't follow famous people at all. Honest to God, I've been in New York City, not a lot, because I hate New York City, but I'll go to New York City and people are like, oh, there's a famous person out there. I'm like, I could have had a cup of coffee with them and never known. Well, that's most people in New York. I I have no idea. I go like Clueless. I go out with people and they're like, oh, there's a famous person. Because they're all over New York City, as terrible as it sounds. And I would have no idea. You know, with the exception of probably 50. Honestly, God, if Tom Brady came up to me and, and told me a different name and shook my hand, I would never even put they it together. They did that on Tom a TV show I watched. Um, um, what's his name? Aaron Aaron Judge. Okay. It was on some TV show where he was, like, asking, what do you think of, of Judge? And they, the people were, like, talking about him sure. and critiquing him. And it was him. Oh, the uh, – It was something I saw. Right. It was hysterical. And yeah. then someone's like, you look like him. <laughs> um, yeah, it's because I am him. Right. Um, but yeah, so Tom Brady needs to make more money than his wife. He's not there yet. Look, she doesn't have any Super Bowl rings. He's got six. What are you going to do? It's all good. We just crushed an hour and 40 minutes. Like that. We can go on all night. We could. But we won't. We'll save the people. You'll have to come back on again. I'll come back. After your vacation. Sounds good. A working vacation. How, how do people find out about you? Website. I don't give. I don't recommend a phone number, but that's up to you. Uh, I'm all over the internet. I'm everywhere. So it's Jolie J O E L Y at V L P L U S N Y C dot com. The company is V L Plus. And NYC.com we do staffing, mostly in the tri-state area, but I've done the whole, I've done California, Texas, I'm everywhere, Chicago, um, and just, you can call me, I'll, I'll give my number, it's 516-521-7602. If, if they've listened to the end of this to get my number, they deserve it. I'll give you that one. I'll they give deserve you that one. it. So... I, I love to just talk to people to help them in their job search. I'm a certified life coach. There's a certification for life There's coaches? A, I took a certification. I have a life coach certification to help people, and that's what I want to do. It's not – It's you know, I know how crazy as it is. I love to make money, but it's more than that to me. It's about helping people and getting people jobs and making people happy at their jobs. Sure. It's really, truly how I feel. I like it. It's amazing. Guys, see you later. Thanks for tuning in. Julie, thanks for hanging out. Thank you for
for tuning into another episode of the Brutally Honest Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Harrison Barron. I don't even know if I introduced myself in the beginning, but I mean, look, we're like a hundred and something episodes. If you guys don't know who I am right now, I I really don't know what to tell you. I really don't. But I do have to say thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Brutally Honest Podcast. If you want to support the show or you want to go check out the show, BrutallyHonestPodcast.com or Patreon.com forward slash Brutally Honest Podcast. And that's all, folks. Thanks for listening. I'm just kidding. You guys aren't getting off that easy. Terranut.com, T-E-R-R-A-N-U-T.com forward slash Brutally Honest Podcast or BHP. Yeah, use BHP. Brutally Honest Podcast is too long. Uh, go check it out. They're tiny little delicious nut clusters for you to go eat when you're hungry, when you need a little energy boost, when you need a little snack, a little snacky snack, a little snacky snack or snack. You know what I mean? Go check them out. They're delicious. They're tasty. They're honestly, they're really good. And I'm not just saying that they really are tasty. I, I didn't even know that my friend owned the company until I had, I had already eaten them before I found out. So definitely big fan of them. Terranut.com forward slash BHP. Next up on the list, Elise Margolin photography. EliseMargolin.Zenfolio.com If you're looking for real estate photography, personal photography, event photography, headshot photography, anything that has to do with a camera that needs to be taken a picture of, she is your go-to woman, all right? That's who you're going to go to. EliseMargolin.Zenfolio.com Go check out her stuff. She's an award-winning photographer, and she's also... She's also been a prior guest on my podcast. Everyone, I apologize for terribly speaking. I have long overtired this week, and I've just done so much talking between shows that are coming up and so many other things. So work with me here, people. Work with me. And last but not least, our friends over at AgileDragonConsulting.com, A-G-I-L-E dragonconsulting.com making your data work for you and yes that sounds super generic or if you're thinking it doesn't sound generic it's not but businesses people we all make decisions based on data uh we understand that we shouldn't touch fire because our brain has the information or data to know that it's hot well things are changing in the business world and having somebody help your team or you break down the data that you already own to make better business business decisions is always a good idea. Sounds ludicrous, but it's very important to do. Um, I, myself, as a business owner, have to make data-driven decisions quite regularly. And with the assistance of AgileDragonConsulting.com. Dot com, as if it's just a website that you go to. No, it's people that are going to help you. But they're going to make you help you make better decisions. I'm done speaking for the day. I love you guys all so much. Thank you guys for always tuning in. I really do appreciate it. Now, I hope you guys have... It's Wednesday, so it's hump day. Get through it, everybody. I'm about to go drink a lot of beer. Just kidding. I'm about to go work out. I'll see you guys later. See you on the next one. Peace.